welcome back to the SideQuest podcast. This is Eric. I am joined, as always, by who other than Justin and Jeff. Guys, what's going on tonight? Fantastic spooky night. We got a little bit of snow recently, but other than that, I'm nice. We don't talk about that. (laughs) That which we do not speak of is the snow. That can come next week, but not this week. Yeah. This is the week of Halloween. Just had some snowfall here. It was not pleasant. It's yeah, it's not even Halloween yet. So calm down, Mother Earth, and uh, just you know tilt a little bit back towards the sun for just one more week, please. Uh, we a got a few shenanigans left, and then you can do whatever you want. Yeah, and then November first, bring it on. Whatever the Christmas music's coming, we know that sadly, but uh, whatever. Then we can get into the the Christmas spirit. So. This night or day or wherever you're listening to this episode, we are super excited. We're going to be talking about our personal top five scariest movies, according to us. So I'm sure you got some that differ, but we're going to go through. According, we know better. Yeah, because we know everything there is to know. So you're going to listen, take notes, and watch all the movies and uh, have a great time. So we're just going to go around the table Start with number five, work our way to number one. And uh, we did get some shout-outs on our Facebook page, so we appreciate the feedback. Please check us out at SideQuestPod on all social media. We'll post these questions on a weekly basis and get you guys on the show as well. So so now I, um, I am listing mine, my top five, from five down to my favorite. Yeah, that's what I just said. That's what so, I just explained. You know, I want to clarify this. Yeah. So, so you start. You start with number five, which is is going to be wrong. Around. Yeah. So just we'll start with five, and then we'll go around and go to, go down to number one, which is the, the our favorite movie. So five, like least favorite, but top. You know, whatever. We don't need to explain this four times. Let's just jump right into right, it. And on that, Eric, why don't you just <laughs> jump into it? So let's go ahead and get started. We will start with number five. Number five for me is a little movie. I know some of you guys, uh, Justin especially, you weren't too thrilled about it when we talked about it in recent episodes, but my number five scariest movie of all time is The Shining. I think it's one of those psychological thriller scary movies that you're isolated in the hotel with those folks with Danny and and all them and it just kind of it's one of those like mind fuck movies that if you watch it alone or with somebody that you're close with um I don't know I feel like it just messes with your mind and it's kind of like this maze of a scary psychological psychological new word <laughs> hashtag psychological thriller that it has a lot of scary elements and I'm I don't know I I enjoy it and it didn't quite get uh higher in my list um just because i don't know it's a little bit of an older movie and uh it's not as scary as some of the other ones but that's my number five i don't know what you guys think about that tell me that's the movie about the apollo moon landing correct no absolutely not (laughs) that's the (laughs) it's the shining there is a documentary about the shining called room what's the room in the movie the room 237 237 it's all these theories of Kubrick making the movie and one of them was you know the moon landing oh Uh, so like they were filming it to fake it or something that they yeah there's if any of you who are listening haven't seen this uh, documentary it's it's really well done and it's got some crazy theories in there about the shining that just everything about everything around the shining is such you know just there's a story and how it was made and pissing off you know, uh, Stephen King and all these different things that Kubrick did. Great movie, yeah, I, horror, and just movie in general. Very average movie. It's, <laughs> it tickles you at best. I've seen, I've so I'll be fair, to be fair, I've seen the movie three times in my life. I will give you the benefit of the doubt, Eric, and say I will rewatch it. And okay. maybe this time it will get me the right way. But to me, this is a very overrated movie, and it's a very easy pick to include on a top five. It's not scary. The isolation is, like, boring at best. The blood scene is kind of like, oh, it's clearly <laughs> just Hawaiian punch. The twins are the twins are creepy, yeah. Red Rum is the little old witch lady. and It's, it's like, uh, I don't know. Maybe I saw it way too young, and it just didn't frighten me. 
Yeah, it's it's one of those movies. I don't know. You gotta put your phone away and sit down and not move or leave. You just gotta kind of watch it all the way through. And I think it's just one of those where you kind of go crazy with the characters. You know, you just start to feel for them and. I don't know. I, I just start to lose my mind a little bit in there. And I think that's, it's not, you're right. It's not as like going to keep me awake scary, but it's just like a super creepy movie. I think I like it because, you know, I like, I've talked about this before. I love like Lovecraftian horror and that losing your like mind going into like madness, which, you know, uh, happens in that movie just right off the bat. Um, and you just slowly see him lose his damn mind uh, until he just tries to murder his family. Yeah. Now, there's always, you know, guesses. Are there ghosts in the movie or are there not? There is obviously the scene where he gets locked in, you know, the pantry. And then you hear someone on the other side who then opens it up, which I guess is a supernatural element. Uh, there's always that, though, that debate. Is there supernatural in it or not? Yeah. I think yeah, just overall creepy movie leaves a lot of lot to the imagination, and of course the ending, the classic ending. And if you haven't seen it, come on, it's been from 1980. So, spoiler alert: uh, you've probably <laughs> seen the ending, even if you didn't want to. But Mr. Frozen Jack Nicholson and his classic like Joker face, looking like a buffoon. But I don't know. I really enjoyed it. So that's my number five. Let's keep going around the table here, Justin. Let's jump over to you. What's your number five? So my, num- my number five pick is going to take us to 2003. This is a movie that I saw in theaters 27 times. I shit you not, I saw this movie pretty much shy of every single day for the entire month that it was in theaters. We're talking about Miss Jushku, Mr. Jeremy Sisto, uh, Desmond Harrington. It's Wrong Turn. Oh, Wow. Do you remember Wrong Turn <laughs> at all? It, literally in high school, we had to write letters to ourselves. Do you, did you guys do that in high school? <laughs> I, don't, wrote, I don't think so. I don't, yeah. I don't remember. So I wrote a letter to myself that our my senior year English teacher then mailed senior year of college. And in it, it said, don't ever forget about the movie Wrong Turn. It's fun, it's frightening, it's scary, it's about some inbred motherfuckers who just want to... It's it's a mix of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it's fresh. And the acting is great, the music is fantastic, the setting is spooky as hell. And I don't know, I just, I've always had a soft spot for a wrong turn, and it has to be included for me on this list. Okay, yeah, I honestly, I feel like I've probably seen it once. Maybe it was a little bit too close to like a Jeepers Creepers that came out. Maybe I just, I don't know. Some of them was blended together back in the early 2000s or middle of 2000s. So I definitely can't speak to it too much, but I think I got to go back and take another look. If it's in your, on your top five, I will do, I will meet you halfway, sir. If you're going to go watch Shining, I'll watch this one. Yeah, I'm going to have it. to as well since I've never seen this movie either. Badly. Well, this is, this is a perfect uh accord that we have definitely come up with now (laughs) we all owe each other movie watches perfect jeff how about you sir top five where are you at number five so my number five would be and this is probably the most recent it might be the most recent on all of our lists but it was the witch which uh was a24 which is this new you know we've talked about in previous episodes this kind of new company you know spearheading the new wave of of actual good horror films you know midsummer the lighthouse things like that um this movie is creepy as hell i don't know if either you have seen it or heard of it i've heard Um, of it for sure yeah it's uh it's it's newer i think it was 2016 uh so it's that kind of new age of horror i know we always talk about slasher films and how we love those but this one is just deeply disturbing uh a lot of long drawn out shots which you know i love from the original halloween movie so uh that resonated well with me and just um without spoiling too much uh there's just a lot of bizarre and just disturbing moments in that movie uh yeah it's definitely my uh one of my top fives i would have to say a movie that's actually scary. I have lots of horror films that I love, but I'm 
focusing more on movies that actually creep me out or scare me. Mm. This one definitely did a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah, that's not a. I I know the movie. I'm very familiar with everything that went into the production behind it, but I've never watched it. So now we have three movies that we need to watch on Halloween. <laughs> we're just gonna have a marathon, a movie marathon we on know Halloween. We're doing this Halloween week. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Awesome. All right. So let's let's move on to number four. My number four is more recent. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen it. It is Midsummer. I we watched See, it. There you go, another A twenty four. Yeah, great movie. Like super, again, super creepy. Um, just again, you're isolated. You're away from natural society. It just gives you the heebie-jeebies. And then, of course, towards the end, no spoilers, but you just got to watch the movie. It's a it's a total mindfuck. You just go on this crazy ride of what is that why is that happening oh oh shit yeah okay that's happening we're going there (laughs) and you think it's over and you think that okay it can't get worse than that well it does in a good way um but i really enjoyed midsummer that's that's my number four justin did you end up watching it at all it's another so i have a a love hate affair with a24 and blumhouse when it comes to the pictures that they produce and I think A24 has done a magnificent job of, as to Jeff's point, and then to your inclusion of this movie, of rekindling an actual scary-ass horror market. I read the screenplay, but I haven't watched the movie. Ooh. Yeah, you got... I mean, this is one of those... I didn't think I was going to have a good time watching it. It is a long movie. It's about two and a half hours, so... You're, you're kind of in it for the long haul, but again, it's one of those that just kind of builds on top of each other, each scene and each kind of, I don't know, like it, it, it's one of those, again, like Jeff mentioned, Lovecraftian, where you just kind of slowly lose your mind a little bit and, you know, they just kind of, I don't know, it, the less you know the, going into it, the better time you're going to have, but obviously you already read the screenplay, so I think you'll... What I thought was creepy with that movie was it's set during the day, the entire thing. Because they're in Scandinavia. Right. In the summer, where it's just bright out all day. So these horrible things are happening. And it's like, oh, in the comfort of the sun. Yeah, it's not uh, dark and spooky. That's a cool part. And all the North uh, Norse mythology behind it. Yeah. I'm a huge Norse mythology person and Vikings and all that. So yeah. you get a little bit of that in there. Nice. All right. Well, let's. we're going to go back around this time. Jeff, let's start with you on number four. Number four. So, uh, again, it's got the word witch in it. Uh, I, I have to say the Blair Witch Project. Now, I know a lot of you now see that movie as, oh, yeah, you know, it's shitty. It's not that it's not that scary. But think back when it first came out. And we were all freaked out about the movie. Uh, some of the marketing on it was creepy. No one really knew what it was. Watching it was not fun. It was very unsettling. Uh, and that was kind of the first handheld type movie we got that kind of pop you know made that very popular so uh, and then the ending as well you don't really see what's happening but it's not it's not fun so <laughs> i like yeah. i like them just getting lost it's inspired so many things uh in pop culture uh at our spooktacular event we did a uh, a blair witch thing in the woods so i think it's just you know it's kind of got this cult following i think and back then when it came out it scared me yeah so i had to add it to the list that's a good pick i like that pick it was super creepy again around the time where the internet just started out so you couldn't really research and understand that it was a movie all that you knew about it it was found footage and the people actually went missing and you couldn't fact check them on wikipedia or imdb like none of that existed yet so that's it made it extra creepy for sure. Yeah, the time that it came out in. Yeah. I think, yeah, doing it now, it, it wouldn't work. Good pick. Justin, you, yeah. got, you got thoughts on that? So I, I've actually worked with Eduardo Sanchez, who was the director and producer of the film. Oh. And got to pick his brain a little bit about what went into the creation of the Blair Witch Project. And it's magnificent to think what he was able to accomplish pre-internet, pre-IMDb, like you're saying but to create such a world. Um, and I don't think he necessarily knew what him and Hacks and Films were creating at the time, 
but it definitely spurred it just like this ridiculous fad for like a very long time. And it's a little unfortunate that he's not been able to struck oil twice. Strike mm-hmm. oil twice, I think is the phrase. Sh- Strucken. <laughs> Strucken. Struck the oils. <laughs> um, but, you know, he's still out there and he's making some good films and he's done some decent found footage films out there. Um, there's one on Bigfoot that he's done recently and there's a, a creepy doll movie that he's done. But if you can dig into some of his archives, um, he's a very quality uh international filmmaker he's not american he's uh from cuba if i'm not mistaken so good on him cool nice shout out yeah no huge fan of blair witch for sure and i'll definitely have to check out some of his newer movies awesome all right justin you are up sir number four so this was a hard movie to put at number four because it really sticks to the ribs when you watch it and jeff i made you watch this recently it's the 1983 classic slasher film Sleepaway Camp. <laughs> and I, I think it was going to be on the list. I just didn't know where you put it. <laughs> it I had to like, go ahead. I was going to say, I think you uh, inspired some folks after, I think it was either episode one or two. I think I saw some folks on the Facebook page mention they were going to check it out. So you've definitely inspired some folks um, to go watch it. I honestly, I don't know if I've seen it. I, I got to watch it. It's definitely under the radar for a lot of camp, you know, it's sleepaway camp, which was obviously popular back in 1983. I don't know if either of you ever participated in a sleepaway camp of any sort or situation. Just sleepovers, you know, not camp. (laughs) Just Eric and I are sleepovers. I mean, I went to like the YMCA camp growing up for a week, if that's considered sleepaway camp. Or is it just close? We did a thing in... Uh, middle school, Eric, do you remember? Oh, that? yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we went out in the woods. So I think that, yeah, that was our most experience. Yeah, but I mean, you <laughs> have to... I forgot what that was called. Something. It'll come to us in like 3 a.m. in the morning and wake us up. Absolutely. But consider a world before we, any of us were born where you would just send your kids to go spend three months at some random-ass camp with some random-ass horny teenagers... And you mix in what the essential core of Sleepaway Camp is with one of the most influential endings that I think has tried to be replicated many a time over. But the first time I saw this movie, I kid you not, I watched this movie in college for the first time ever and immediately had to put in Bobby's World, the cartoon, because I was so scared. (laughs) I was like, I can't do this. I, I need a cartoon to like bring me down so I can sleep tonight. I like how your shout out's always Bobby's World. Like <laughs> such a good go such a good flashback. So good. No, that's that's uh I think that's a great pick. I'm gonna have to go and check that out because I I'm sure after I watch it and if the ending is what you say it is, uh that I'm sure I'll recognize other movies or shows I've seen that are like, Oh, that's where that's from. You know, sometimes People don't understand where the original came from. So, yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to definitely check that out. Yeah, you'll, you'll definitely, you'll know when you see it. <laughs> I believe you. I trust in you. <sighs> I trust in you, Justin. Uh, all right, here we go for number three. Uh, my number three is one I did mention on a previous episode that just scared the heebie-jeebies out of me as a kid. Um, it is the 1992 Tony Todd slasher thriller um, called Candyman, and it just, again, I think it was <laughs> it was time and place. Growing up, one of the first kind of rated R horror movies I've seen. I saw way too young. Um, I again, I don't know. I think the D, the VHS was just in the basement when I watched it, and I had to like step away a couple times with a lot of the gore and scenes where they're like in the public bathroom and you open the door and like the kid is either dead or it's full of blood or something happened. But Ooh, that movie just creeped me out and the guy with the hook. And it was one of the first kind of gory movies I ever watched. And I think still to this day, I watched it a few years ago and it's still something, I mean, it's in the, it's based in Chicago as well. So that sometimes gives it a little bit more resounding effect since we're from the area. Um, but that's my number three. I I just the, weren't they coming out with a sequel for that? I, th- I think I think they are. I think uh, they are. It got pushed due to COVID. Kind of got pushed. 
And was it who was it? Jordan Peele uh, producing it or something? I know they just kind of drop his name in there. I think it was supposed to come out Halloween, but obviously they're pushing everything. Yeah, so we'll see how the the remake holds up, or I don't know if it's like gonna be a you know kind of standalone Candyman movie. But I did see some previews, and then COVID hit, so I'm sure hopefully it'll come out sometime soon. I don't know why they wouldn't just stream it now and make some money, but you never know. But yeah, that's my number three. I'm just gonna be scared tonight. <laughs> You'll be spooked forever, but I know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna respond and I'm gonna throw out a comparative film that I think follows the same recipe for what was success for it, but which in rewatching within the last year or two personally sort of bored me. Uh but like Candyman and Child's Play, the first movie, are kind of boring as an adult. Are they? I well, play? I haven't watched Child's really? Play in a while, but it's more of like a police procedural kind of a thing. Where like any and, and for me, anytime you bring the cops in and there's guns and there's SWAT teams and there's all of these sort of like I, I think unnecessary elements to the scare factor of what the original story needs to include, it ta- it personally takes me out of it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think, you know, with the with Candyman, um, you know, that's yeah, what, investigative reporter, and, like, she gets the cops involved, and I think it's really just the setting and all those kind of, um, you know, they didn't really use many special effects. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was all, um, I don't know, like, real. Uh, practical done, effects. Yeah, practical effects. Thank you. Well, yeah. Tony Todd literally had bees in his mouth oh yeah didn't he go <laughs> yeah wasn't there some trivia where he had it in his contract that every time he got stung he got paid like a hundred dollars and there was like yep. one scene or a couple days where he ended up making like 10 grand from uh, yeah, getting stung by bees <laughs> very much happened that See, was his reality that makes it even scarier no thanks no thanks all right where are we at who's who's next number three who wants to go Justin, let's uh, go Justin. back to you. Let's ping pong okay, it. Okay, okay, ping pong it. Ping ponging like, back and forth. <laughs> All right, so I am once again in 2003. This is probably one of my more favorite movies of all time, but was it as scary as the rest of the movies that I have on my list? No, but I think that it's probably a better movie, um, and I'm just going to throw it out there. It's Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses. That mm. almost made my list. Good. So I, you know, yeah. It's definitely top 20 for me. So it's close. I, I think it's a good movie. I enjoy it. Creepy. It, that's, that's, <laughs> to say you enjoy it is quite, quite a fascinating here. <laughs> what what I, do I you don't, enjoy the most? I enjoy how creepy it is. No, I, I think I just, I, it was one of his first movies, right? House of a Thousand Corpus. Corp. Oh my God. Cor- Corpus. <laughs> Corpus Christi. Yes. Uh, yes. But I feel like it just, it set a new, I, I don't know, it's almost like a new player has arrived, right? Like his style, the way he shot it, how disturbing it was. It was like, oh, shit, he's not like pulling any punches. Because <laughs> when The Exorcist came out, people were going that to the theater and like throwing up and leaving. And I think the same thing happened when House of Thousand Corpses came out. Yeah. No, you're, and you're not. And the actors that he incorporated, the, the sort of, um, longevity of lineage that he brought into it and probably one of my, and I think I mentioned this on the previous episode but one of my favorite all-time death scenes in a horror movie ever is in this movie when uh, we have Wally Goggins and uh, Bill Mosley Bill Mosley Chet Mosley um, that was a joke um, <laughs> was that how I met your mother joke landed poorly <laughs> but when they he's got the gun to to, to wally goggins's head and the music's playing and the camera just slowly like jeff was saying earlier in, in one of his picks the camera just pulls away slowly and you're just waiting for the gun to fire and the camera's pulling away and you're waiting and pulling away and you know he's shit his pants like seven times just waiting to die before it's like a good 24 seconds of film before just pop and he's dead. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. He definitely shit his yeah, pants. 
just a lot of good stuff in that movie. And who who's like the main, or what are they getting away from at the end? The doctor says Doctor Death or something. Doctor Satan. Doctor Satan. There you go. And Dwight Schrute's what in it. That whole scene about because they then made sequels to this movie, correct? Yeah, there's there's two sequels. There is uh, The Devil's Rejects and then Three from Hell. And I think that, personally, I don't think The Devil's Rejects lives up to the beauty of what House of a Thousand Corpses does. And a lot of people give me shit for that. Back in time podcast, I've made that statement a number of times. And people don't like to hear it, but it's a different movie. It's an exploitation movie. It's more of a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah. Mm. Well, great. Thing. That's a good one. It's, yeah. If good you haven't one. seen it, I think it's on Netflix right now. FYI. Go check it. Anyone wants to get horrified for two hours. <laughs> All right, Jeff, what is your number three pick? So number three for me was The Thing with um, Kurt Russell. Uh, for a lot of reasons and uh, one of the biggest reasons is practical effects I'm a huge advocate for horror movies that use practical effects and not CGI and the thing just is a movie about practical effects and very disturbing practical effects Um, and there's just the whole point of the movie of who is the thing and them just not trusting anyone. And then when it does show itself, it is just horrifying. It's this weird, some sort of alien creature that just morphs human flesh into other animal. Oh, it's just, yeah, there's some really disturbing scenes in that movie. Um, and it's just, you know, it's, it's cool. It's got the practical effects. It's got Kurt Russell. It's... It's just a great. It's just a great movie. So you know it's good. Yeah, <clears throat> I haven't seen that movie in a long time. To be honest, I uh, I remember the monster or the thing. I guess obviously, uh, and it being in Alaska and super isolated and creepy. So I do like those movies. I just haven't seen it so long. Have you watched it recently? Does it hold up? Like the practical effects and the scare factor. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, it's still very disturbing. Yeah. Um, you might know that, yeah, the practical effects have gotten better since then, but uh, it's still just really, some of the scenes are just very hard to like watch because you're just seeing this you know, thing uh, just morph into a head with the spider leg. It's just, yeah, uh, it still holds up, still a great movie. Uh, yeah, I, I just, you know recommend it and then they tried to remake it and did anybody go see it because i don't know i never really enjoy the remakes or no, like the do-overs the was all CGI. right so when you saw it you're like eh, this is insane. yeah you know it's computers doing it they got <laughs> the computer the did it <laughs> the computer rendered that rendered that out that <laughs> they were on a set they read a script and the computer rendered it and that's it. And that's the movie. Oh. There is a cool scene at the end, though, of that remake where, you know, there's always debate of how the thing got to, you know, the first movie, which was the, this dog, the Siberian Husky. And at the end of the remake, there's a really good scene where the dog is being chased by these two Norwegian guys, because that's what base it was at first. It was at the, um, I think, the Norwegian base. And they're trying to shoot it, uh, and then it shows you their side of it, as of the start of the first movie, because they kill the Norwegian guys. Because they're like, "What are these guys doing?" And they can't understand what they're saying. And they're basically saying that dog is this horrible thing, uh, and you need to kill it. And instead, they die. And then the dog gets in, and then that's how their facility gets infected. And there you have it. No, I never saw the remake. Sounds just. Okay. <laughs> yeah, don't recommend the remake, but the original, very good. No, the, the original, it's a great pick for sure, and I agree with everything that you're saying in terms of why it just sort of resonates with you, and I've watched it recently, and it, it holds up, and I think it does a better job of the isolated 
uh, scenery than The Shining does. It makes more use of what's around them, whereas The Shining is just sort of watching him go bored to death. <laughs> God, that's really that's a way of putting China. it. <laughs> I mean, he really is though, right? Like he is just getting bored, losing his mind. Then he's talking to a bartender that's not there, and is yeah. he though? Well, that's the mystery. That's, uh, we yeah. don't know. <laughs> that is master debatable. Ooh, I like that. Right into number two. Um, my number two, we Jeff, you already brought it up. I it's got to be close to my number one, obviously, but mine is the Blair Witch Project. It sat a lot higher on on my uh, chart here, just for most of the reasons you already said. Like it was just super creepy. Uh, it was one of those movies that you just you're. It was the first of this like you know found footage type uh, style, which was interesting. That you know, I mean, it was 1999, so just the the end of the decade. Um, and the one cool thing that I don't know, I don't. Even, it might still be good trivia, but I, I think this movie like made the most amount of money like ever for from like budget to box office. Like it was like 200 to 500 thousand, and they made like 250 million. And it was like, I, I don't know where that money went, whether it was to a studio or to like your bud, uh, Justin Eduardo, or if he got a cut of that, I'm sure he did. But um, that's just insane. It just, it, it's the plot of the movie, the creepiness to it, the screaming, the running around, like not many people enjoyed the uh, camera shake and like that whole style of it, but it didn't bother me. And I thought it was, uh, I don't know, fun, creepy, ugh. You just you wanted to go out, and I did shoot like on my own, like with a VHS. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> I had a feeling it, was it inspired me <laughs> to like do that every time it got dark out and run around the house to like the three trees we had in our yard. I'm like, oh, I'm out, I'm out in the woods, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just in the suburbs. Yeah, I'm I mean, lost. But it's you know it's it's like such a I don't know it's a cool movie. It's like an hour and twenty minutes long, so you don't even have to spend a lot of time on it. And so if if you out there have never seen it, I I urge you to go watch it and just go in with a clear head and don't read into it. Like just put your mind in that place where it actually is happening because that's how it felt back in 1999. So that's my number two. It's up there. All right, Justin, let's let's go to you. Ooh, we're gonna go to me yeah okay. doing so, the reverse yeah. ping pong <laughs> uh, okay so my it was it's really difficult to sort of mill down what you consider to be some of the top scary movies in your life and what influenced you to be horrified and for what it sounds like for all of us to really enjoy the genre to the level that we do but I'm going to go into 1996 and I'm going to go into one Wes Craven essentially recreated the slasher film with Scream. Mm. Okay. Goes base. Yes. Um, I think what Wes Craven did in the eighties, what he did in the early nineties, and then what he essentially recreated with Scream for the first time, you know, I was, 11 years old when Scream came out when I saw it for the first time and to really see the level of intensity that a killer or spoiler alert killers could bring to just massacre friends and family because they're just deranged and it's so practical about the way that they did it as killers like it freaked me out I was like I never want to piss anybody off ever again because they might just <laughs> Hoist me up on a tree and slash me into bits. Yeah, I fucking hated it. I'll never, rem I'll never forget the um, when the boyfriend in the beginning, like that's how it's presented to you, right? Like the boyfriend, uh, Drew Barrymore, run around the house, and then his guts are just spilling out of his stomach. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm that's all of seven years old now. Off. Great. <laughs> this is perfect. Yeah, that was really scary, and the mystery surrounding, like, who is it? Who? And everybody that walks through the door is like a potential suspect. And Dewey hot on the trail. Dewey hot on the trail. The, 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 like the level of meta that goes into it with the jokes and the gags that go with even there being a janitor played by Wes Craven dressed in a Freddy Krueger sweater. And just, I mean, everything about this movie plays back to previous things and gives credit to everything that built 
the platform for Scream to be able to be successful, but then it stands on its own two legs, and then it develops a whole subgenre that we don't have urban legend, we don't have I Know What You Did Last Summer without Scream. What do you or the, or the badass costumes? Yeah, after that movie came out. I that was the one thing I needed was a scream costume. Yeah, and I remember yeah, getting yeah. the one that had the uh, the pump with the fake blood coming down in the mask. It was like a plastic covering. I remember that one. <laughs> I had to have it. But what do you think about really quick, Justin? I guess this is a little side quest uh, if we want to go there. But uh, this movie came out December 20th, 1996. Do you think that was a good time for the movie to come out? I'm just trying to picture myself going to see a movie like this on this in like right before Christmas. I think that a lot went into their selection. I can't remember other horror movies that came out in October of that year. But it was a bold move for them to release it essentially during Christmas time or Hanukkah if you still celebrate. Yeah, because um, I have a feeling it was like released on a Friday and it was like uh, coming out this Friday, Scream and Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. You know, like, oh, OK, big selection here. <laughs> Which route are we going to go? What they I think they didn't understand the breadth and the depth of what they had created um this thing made 173 million dollars box office launched careers for nev it relaunched for courtney david arquette is nobody without it drew barrymore relaunched matthew lillard is obviously fantastic Mm -hmm. and it it did so much and i i want to say part two comes out less than a year later so they really try to capture and capitalize what they created, and I don't think they realized they had lightning in the bottle. Like I think they, ha- I think they knew they had a winner. Yeah, and it probably it probably helped that it like came out during most people's Christmas breaks too. You know, like rake in more money because everybody's home from college well, did, or school. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right because that used to be the prime time for movies to come out. Like Marvel has redefined May as the month and then what august is the month and now star wars defined december as a new the month and deadpool redefined february as the month (laughs) so it's like all of these movies that are redefining when release dates are important and i think that in 1996 this was a prime time for a movie to come out to exist on its own two legs not to just be a throwaway halloween movie yeah, I, mean, I remember going to the theater multiple times after it came out, like just binging it at a theater. That's how much I liked it. That was a big, not just 1996, but 1995 with Matthew Lillard and Hackers came out. That was a big, uh, big year for Mr. Lillard. Such a good movie. <laughs> uh, Such a good movie in all the wrong ways. Yeah, so good. All right, Jeff, you're up. Number two, what you got? Number two, episode two. <laughs> um, yeah, so this was a hard one between my one and two, but um, for you know the sake of what we're doing, my number two is and has to be Alien, the original Alien um, that kind of started the whole thing, which was the true horror film. That was a sci-fi horror film. I love Aliens. It's one of my favorite movies. But Aliens is a action sci-fi movie. It is not a horror movie. And there are some horror elements in Aliens, but not like in Alien. Uh, I just watched it again the other night, uh, the special edition. And, you know, I never got to go see it when it first came out. I was too, um, I was too young. But the opening, the slowness of this giant monstrosity of a ship slowly turning on these people waking up them getting a distress call the landing of the planet it's just very scary very odd very weird and then this thing jumps on this guy's head and they don't know what to do they're trying to kill it it's just leaking blood the ship is gonna like it's gonna burn a hole through it then everyone thinks everything's fine and then you get the famous you know chest buster scene where the xenomorph just pops out and skedaddles and then within a few hours there is this horrible giant creature that 
you can't even hear, and it just just kills everyone. Uh, because besides Sigourney Weaver, of course, uh, and it's just yeah, it's like the perfect horror movie. It's I... got practical effects. It's got you know suspense. It's got this feeling that there's something there they don't know where it is and it's the perfect killer uh the xenomorph is just this perfect thing that all it does is kill and that is it it has no emotion it has nothing and it's genetically designed as you find out in the later movies and stuff to just kill that's it yeah i like how you said you were too young to go see it you're about negative six when it came out so yeah, <laughs> definitely not even around. But, yeah, I know what you mean. It was one of those uh, movies I vividly remember just on people's, you know, in the VHS collection at the time, like growing up that, you know, I wasn't allowed to watch it until a certain age. And then I realized why, because it, you know, scares the shit out of you. Well, and it also was the first, I think, you know, Sigourney Weaver being the best badass, like, female like action character because in aliens she is badass she's like a sarah connor which you know the 80s did female action stars the best and sigourney weaver was kind of that um that first person to kind of step into that ring and just nail it i don't know what's happened lately it's just not like it was then but she is awesome in the movie and she's even more awesome and uh, without her, it doesn't work as well. Yeah, that movie, I mean, how many movies have there been since then? So obviously it's a testament to how good of a movie it was. Um, and it was definitely creepy. Just, again, I, I like those movies that are, like, isolated. You're stuck somewhere. You can't escape. It's not like you can just drive away or take a extra ship and get out of there. Like, that was their mission. And, and the, Yeah, and the monsters were. Yeah, I mean, the first time you see the xenomorph fully in that weird water area they're in, and it's just looking at the guy, and its second mouth's coming out, it's just hissing, and and it snaps through his head, and then it just climbs up, and you don't even hear anything, and that's it. You're like, what was that? Yeah. That was terrible. And <laughs> you know now the rest of the movie you're going to have to deal with this thing. Deal with it. Very very good pick. All right, we are down to our drum roll for number ones all around the table. So, brrr, da, 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 da. Um, my number one pick is a movie that really stood out to me. Uh, I know all of them have that effect uh, on our list from top five to top one to... Uh, the one that I picked for my number one. So much suspense, so much. Okay, it's Halloween, 1978, Halloween. And I know some folks out there are probably like, come on, really? Uh, duh, like it's a good movie. But I, I'm hoping a lot of people might have this as their number one because, you know, this movie, the way it starts out with just the... Um... I'm going to have to join in there with you, Eric, because yeah? that is my number one too. Oh! So... We uh, we might as well just talk. Yeah, about it let's talk about like it at the said, same yeah. time. Ready? Oh, so, <laughs> so how? But I think when you start out again, John John uh, Con uh, Carpenter, obviously, uh, John, just John Connor. John Connor as John Carpenter um, does a great job. At, you know, just the start of this movie, right? Like a kid in a mask, and he like straight up just murders his teenage sister. Like that's how the movie starts. You're like, okay, we're in, we're in for something here. Let's buckle up. Um, but just the music, the style, the, the um, you know, you're in the suburbs now, so it feels a little bit closer to home. Like, this guy could just be creeping outside your window. So I feel like it really had a resounding effect for what it was trying to accomplish. And it's just, it's just one of those staples that I don't know what can beat it. Again, there's too much CGI and there's too much other stuff going on that uh, I'm trying to think of any other classics I like better than Halloween. But that it's, is my number one. It started the slasher, like really, it was the first famous, you know, slasher horror film. It's everything about it is creepy as hell. Still, even now, the scenes, the way he shot it, where it's very slow. It's an old camera back in the 70s. It's kind of grainy looking. It's overcast. They didn't make this, you know, during the day scenes be sunny and all that. It's overcast. It's fall. 
you're scanning one way at the school and then you go back and he's just in the background behind a bush and you're like what the hell's that and kids are playing and then it pans back and he's gone yeah and those are the scenes that are just really disturbing that this guy is out there uh we know he's there but everyone else in the movie has no idea and he's about to just murder a lot of people on halloween night yeah and i I, of course the mask like i don't know if it would be a scary movie without the michael myers mask and what is now you know classic legendary every halloween you see at least 50 of them wherever you go uh but the mask and of course it was made from a cast of william shatner's face uh surprisingly i learned that years later but <laughs> yeah so so i hope it doesn't ruin it for you but they basically like modeled it after captain kirk's face yeah <laughs> but yeah they painted it white and uh um but i don't know it's just overall creepy he doesn't the fact that he doesn't talk you just hear him breathing and he's just and like indestructible through his eyes yeah through the mask shot Ooh. All right, me and Jeff are just tag teaming this thing. Justin, you want a round? You want to get in yeah, there? I've, I've got no <laughs> issues with including Halloween in the top of the list. It, I never thought of it as a frightening movie as much as I thought of it as a damn good movie. Hmm. Good point. So, like, I just, I, the music is great. The acting is fantastic. It's kind of like a, it's a, it's a, it's a, one of those it's a trove of 1970s nostalgia for whether you were lived through the times you were born in the times you can look back and say like this is how life was it's a slice of life with a slice of a knife yeah great way of putting it <laughs> so that is our collective number one me and jeff did that together so justin Yay, number one for you sir what do we got so my number one pick is a movie that sort of transformed the way that I look at horror movies and as a writer changed the way that I viewed how a screenplay can be written and what needs to be included in it and what you can do with as very little as possible. And that is 2008's The Strangers. Hmm. Yeah, I remember that. And that was... That's I feel like, was that the one where the trailer was, they were, like, dragging the pitchfork on the... On no, like that's the, the crazies. Road. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Disregard. Jeff, edit that out. Edit that in post. <laughs> Episode two. Episode. Yeah, you know, Justin, it was just uh, Claudia, if she's listening. Uh, it's one of her uh, most scary movies, too. I'm not sure why. Um you it's know. okay so so, so a tell bit me of why background i about can't this. figure out why when's but, the last time um, you've watched help me, it? help me learn a little bit of a background of this movie so brian bertino who's another um he wrote and directed this movie and i had the had the privilege to work with him in the past so i have a little bit of like insight to with the creation of this movie and it's a fantastic story of what he did essentially he and he's a he's a texan through and through and the story is based on one night he's out in the country and there's a knock on the door late at night and he goes to the door and can i help you and the voice from the other side of the door asks is tabitha home to which he responds no and that's the end of the encounter. So the precipice of this movie is essentially, what if something more happened? What if these strangers were out to torment us and destroy our night and just fuck with us until the very moment where they decide to kill us? So it's almost a torture porn movie um, without the torture and without the porn. So it's not <laughs> a hostile type movie, yeah. but it's got your isolated your your isolation of the shining or the thing but it's got your elements of the suburbs that are uh, you know prominent in halloween and scream and it takes all of those and it mixes it into this just game of cat and mouse where you have uh in what is like got to be an hour and a half long movie completely just contained in a house so it was 
I know it's not the first contained horror movie by any means, but it's the first time that it really brought that idea of what a contained horror movie can be against, you know, we're talking $9 million budget against close to a $100 million box office. And the way that they pulled it off with the masks and the scares and the jumps and the music and there's jump scares, it's, it's all practical effects. There's no CGI, there's no special effects. It's all just real in your face, gritty as fuck. And I love it. Yeah, I do recall it now, uh, you know, the mask, when you said the mask and then being at home, um, I feel like, is that one of those like first mask movies? Like now you see it everywhere, right? Like the purge has masks and most of those scary movies now tend to have, or at least like the slasher films tend to have like a random, like pig face mask or something. Masks have been around since, I mean, Halloween. But I feel like this is like a new style, right? Like they got the kind of doll face masks and some of them are like, I don't know. I, mean, I feel Jason like has the, the hockey mask. No. Yeah. Right. right. No, you're, so you're both right, but it's, I'm more right. In, in, <laughs> in my opinion, this is a modern classic and it's not a traditional slasher film where you've got your masked giant of a killer. That's just picking people off willy nilly until he gets to his final kill. It's just much more contained and brought down to the fact if, uh, if you're Eric, you're sitting in your basement right now, Jeff, I have no idea where you are, but if you just heard a knock on the window right now, and it scared you, but you couldn't escape your house. You were trapped in your house and you had no way of fighting back as three individuals just tortured you for their own shits and giggles until they decided the sun's coming up, so we're going to kill you now. Ugh. Yeah, I don't like the thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a very, yeah, very good point, especially when you're like, you feel like you're in the comfort of your own home and then... A before you know it, your shit gets turned upside down. You're like, okay, well, we're in for it now. We got to fight for our lives, and these people are just having fun with it. Ugh. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> no. I do not like it. Wow. All right. Well, that's that was a great top five. I think we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't go around the table quick and, and side quest mention. With, uh... Yeah. Jeff, you got the side quest. What is it? So, uh, you know, five is, is hard to narrow down, so we always have some you know, runners up or uh, honorable mentions. So as the side quest, uh, what are your honorable mentions of horror films? Ooh. Um, Give me your top three. Top three. Uh, off the top of my head, I really enjoyed Get Out. I know some people out there are probably like awesome or don't care. Good one. Uh, I enjoyed Get Out, and then Scream, of course, was was right up there. Just got bumped out a little bit, so Scream, and then I would say Final Destination because that kind of sparked a uh, like change in my life to where I never <laughs> thought about Final Destination type shit ever. Like, oh, if I keep walking, I'm gonna impale my head on that thing, or if I see a truck driving with logs on it, naturally you get the fuck away from that as far as you can. Because Final Destination, you know, and whatever whatever movie it was, right? Or Planes, of course. Yeah, the plane's going to blow up. Great. Um, but I never was, like, changed by a movie like that to where now in my everyday life I'm thinking, like, Final Destination when you have those moments. So those are my top three. Justin. My turn. Uh, I love your inclusion of Final Destination. If there's an honorable, honorable mention, I would include Cabin Fever for the same reasons as you include Final Destination, where you have essentially a big, bad uh, force that isn't tangible, but it can still wreak havoc, wreak havoc throughout everybody in the movie. Um, but my top three, I'm going to say The House of the Devil by Ty West, High Tension, which is a French film by Alexandre Aha, which is freakishly fantastic and then the remake to funny games by michael hankey hmm i don't think i've heard of any of those but i'm jotting them down now good the the, the original we'll funny games, you on that. The, the original funny games is really great but in 2007 uh he remade his own movie and did i think a great job of exporting it to a modern audience uh, 10 years from when the original came out. So it's just very unique. Excellent. All right, Jeff, 
tables have turned on your own side quest. What are your honorable mentions? Yeah, so my three are um, horror dark comedies, which uh, I couldn't include in my first list because we, you know, I wanted to go with scary. So these, you know, are scary, but also have some very dark humor to them. Uh, the first is obviously Evil Dead. Uh, I know Justin is not a huge fan of Evil Dead series, but I love the Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, Bruce Campbell. This is my boomstick. It's great. The Book of the Dead, the Necronomicon, the Deadites, everything about the movie is fantastic. It's campy. It's practical effects. It's weird. It's, you know, I, I don't know. I love that movie. Uh, the second would be American Werewolf in London. I love that movie. I watch it every Halloween. Uh, the practical effects, again, of him turning into the werewolf, uh, I think, you know, uh, won them an Academy Award for Best Costume Design. The whole scene is just terrifying and weird. Uh, and the movie also has this very, you know, dark comedy element to it. Uh, and then just, you know, for fun is... Tucker and Dave vs. Evil. I love it if you haven't seen it. It's got one of the funniest moments in any movie that I laughed at ever. And um, it, it has to do with a chainsaw. I highly recommend it if you want a good kind of just Halloween movie where you're going to laugh. And you will laugh at that movie. It's fantastic. And Ernest Scared Stupid. Uh, of course. That's the <laughs> With the goo that and the, the milk. <laughs> Oh, so good. Well, um, I think what we want to do is just a, a brief mention. I know we got some feedback on our Facebook page with some honorable mentions as well. So we're just going to go quickly through some of your picks. Uh, so we have Peyton with The Exorcist, Halloween, Shining, Psycho, Nightmare on Elm Street. Good selections. We had Becky say The Misery, or Misery, oh, The Others, Signs, Motel Hell, and The Sixth Sense. I kind of forgot about The Sixth Sense. I was looking through the list, and I'm like, it didn't quite make it. But yes, the first time around, ever time seeing it, that was that was a huge win for me. Signs, when you first saw the aliens, was creepy. Oh, yeah, that was super creepy. Totally agree. It was a very scary scene. We got, we got one of our top fans, Claudia, mentioning Jaws, Poltergeist, The Strangers, Alien, and Aliens. So both Alien. Well... Uh, well, <laughs> you're gonna have to go sit down and discuss that with her. Uh, <laughs> the differences between the two. We had Anna mention the Strangers, Scream, Halloween, Saw, and Signs. All good ones. Saw almost made it to my top five just because of the the twist ending. And if you haven't seen it by now, then I don't know what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> so good picks for sure. And then last but not least, least uh, Alex mentioned that his uh, favorite recently is Hereditary, and I have not seen that, yeah, but I've heard a lot some of things. Talk about that. Definitely want to watch that. So, uh, Facebook, and then I, you know, when I was doing my research again, it's always popped up. And I'm sure it's out there somewhere on Facebook or on our Facebook, Netflix, Hulu, wherever. So, we'll definitely have to check next book. Uh, (laughs) so thank you so much, everybody, for participating. I want to end tonight in a very, uh, very spooky way. Oh, uh, in your top five, pick one of the killers of the monsters and reenact their, uh, their voice. Oh gosh. Um, let's see the Blair, Witch. <laughs> now you can do Michael Myers. Can I do Michael Johnny Myers and just before. breathe into the microphone? You could do here's Johnny. That's a good one. <laughs> what about, what does the candy man say? He's just like, I'm the candy man. Right. That's about it. I don't think he said that. <laughs> <laughs> Most of mine don't even say anything. So, hey, All right, well, up? just give us your best. That was my best, Michael. <laughs> That's all I got. Or, I'm the candy man. I got, I got candy. All right, Justin. I got candy. Give it a roll. What's your favorite scary movie? Ooh, yep, that was a good one. good one. All right, Jeff, where are you at? Could try to do a xenomorph here. Oh god. I think it makes like 
some sort of Oh gosh. Oh, it always turns Asian. <laughs> so good. So good. All right, well everybody, thanks so much for joining us. Be sure to like, subscribe and turn on notifications. Catch all the latest episodes. We'll be back with you on Friday. So thanks again for joining and we'll see you for then. Our special Halloween. Yes, it's going to be our Halloween episode. We can't wait. It's going to be an extra spooky long Halloween episode. <laughs> we'll see you then. <laughs> good night. Thank <laughs> you.